from the Beantown Athletic Studio in Boston. This is the Danny Picard Show, Monday, May 1st, 2017. Today's show is presented by Beantown Athletics, your number one source for screen printing and embroidery. From designing to printing, Beantown Athletics does it all. Go to BeantownAthletics.com right now to get a free quote for your customized apparel. Today's show is also presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com by using my promo code PICK. That's P-I-C at DraftKings. Every day is a brand new season, especially during the Major League Baseball season. And it's easy. Just fill out your lineup. Two starting pitches, three outfielders. Fill out the rest of your infield and then follow the action live on your DraftKings app. Now, I don't play fantasy baseball anymore, regular fantasy baseball. The main reason being... This season is just way too long, and I'd like to think I'm pretty good at fantasy baseball, right? I follow the entire season. I have the local, you know, I have the Red Sox. I follow the Red Sox, but I go outside of the Red Sox. Like, I'll watch the nationally televised games. So I do feel like I'm in a good position every year around this time to have where I have a good fantasy baseball team. But if if I'm going to win money, in fantasy baseball, I want to win it right now. I don't want to have to wait until the end of the season. You just have to wait too long to get your reward in regular fantasy baseball. So that's why DraftKings is perfect because that's not an issue. You can put together a different lineup every single day with a chance to win big money every single night. And it's not just baseball. DraftKings has something for everybody, even during the Stanley Cup playoffs and NBA playoffs. And if you like putting together a golf lineup, you pick six golfers, You don't even need to be a golf fan. I know people who hate golf, but they love picking six golfers and just sitting back all weekend and looking at the leaderboard and winning some big money in the process. So DraftKings is something for everybody. And you can go to DraftKings.com right now or download their app and play for free by using my promo code PICK. That's P-I-C. Welcome to the show on this Monday morning the first day of May, and in studio today, I have Brandon Wahlberg sitting next to me in his nice little Boston Celtics sweatshirt. <laughs> What's up, Brandon? Not that much, Danny. What's going on? Not much. I welcome Pete into the show, too. Producer Pete Needham. Pete, how you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Um, So, Brandon, last time we were supposed to have you in, you banged in sick. Oh, it was, it was bad. It was bad, huh? Couldn't get out of bed. It was what did you have? Case of the what? What did you have? Case of the what? A case of the... I don't know, just feeling like shit. Well, when you felt uh, like shit, you know what we did? We See, now in studio, all of our in-studio guests receive a bottle of Luc Belair Rosé. Wow. But we, we're out right away. now. Yeah. Well, I just, I get, I, <laughs> the last one we had, we're going to get more, more in stock. But um, the last one we had, I gave it out last week to Field Yates of ESPN, NFL Insider for ESPN. Yeah. Uh, as we looked ahead to the draft. So I gave him the last bottle that we had. So I, I apologize that That's we didn't get right. it to you. That's but, you know, right. you could kind of put it on yourself because you didn't show up yeah, to get it the first time. Uh, it was set aside for you. But, you know, we, we have to gift every guest a bottle of Luke Belair Rosé. We'll get you yours eventually. All right. That's it. It was my fault. So yeah. I'm not too upset. Was, and I'm sure you drank a lot of the the garden yesterday too for the one o'clock tip off Celtics and Wizards. Yeah, I have. I had a couple you refreshments. Had a couple? You did. Yeah. Um, and you get your Celtics sweatshirt on today. Oh yeah. Y'all fight up. Huge win for the Seas. Huge over the Wizards in Game One of the Eastern Conference semifinals. I guess I'll ask you this. Now I was on Weei yesterday during the game. Now. I don't understand for the life of me why they went with the one o'clock tip off 
and you can make the argument, well, they have another game afterwards. Well, the other game afterwards was a first-round game seven, sure. But it was in L.A., which means that, all right, it was a 3.30 Eastern time tip-off, which you don't need me to do the math for you. Um, Why why did they do this? Why are we doing afternoon tip-offs for these playoff games? I couldn't... I don't think it's a good idea. It's, I think that might have been part of the reason why the Wizards got off to that hot start because the place was pretty much empty the first six minutes because that's a tough get there. One in the afternoon, second the place filled up. The crowd started getting crazy. Yeah, the Celtics got off to a terrible start. Yeah, it, was um, it was horrible. What were they down? 11 nothing at one point? I want to uh, say 11 14. No, was it 14 nothing? <laughs> I mean, it was bad. They were down by like 17 at one point early on. They They... They, look, they turned it on. They ended up winning this game, and, and they score over 120 points. But what I thought jumped out to me watching this game now, keep in mind I was on the radio while the game was going, but I do feel like I watched enough of it to know in the first half that one thing that the Celtics did that the Wizards want no part of in a series is Beal and Wall want no part of any type of physical up-in-your-face defense, and that's exactly what Avery Bradley and Marcus Smart provide, and that's what they provided yesterday, especially in the first half. You put Gerald Green in the starting lineup. I'm I'm not against that because it worked for you in the Bulls series. I also think it was a message sender at the time to Amir Johnson. Yeah. Hey, if you're not going to play big, if you're not going to get tough, and that's what happened in the first two games against the Bulls. The Celtics got bullied. No pun yeah, intended. I mean, they, exactly. they got, they got you know, knocked around, pushed around. You know, they put Gerald Green in there. Gerald Green actually produced, but he only played two minutes, and then they yanked him yesterday. I think what you're going to see now moving forward is Marcus Smart in the starting lineup. Now, Smart, his game ended a little weird yesterday where he turned the ball over a couple times. He got all flustered. They had to sit him down on the bench, and actually, I think Horford came down, sat next to him, and had to calm him down. But I do think the way Smart and Bradley play this style defense against this Wizards backcourt, it's going to benefit them. And I think probably equal out the battles that Gortat's going to win underneath the basket. Yeah. Like, they don't, like, I, I just don't think, like, Gortat has an opportunity. Yeah, he's a big, strong guy, but I just don't know about him anymore. He ain't the Gortat from Orlando. No, but the Celtics can't really match that his physical presence no, underneath no. the basket. His, his so what they can do to counter that is being extra physical in the backcourt because yeah. I've already seen a lot of NBA analysts going into this series pick the Wizards because of Beal and Wall and and that stop power that they have in that backcourt. Yeah. Um, but I'm telling you right now, those two guys do not want to see – they don't want any part of the physical play that Bradley and Smart bring to the table. They don't. They don't want to yeah. see it. Oh, it throws them off. It throws – Wall's whole game plan off. They run the whole offense through him, and if he someone's up in his face like that, he can't get comfortable. He can't find the passing lanes that he usually threads through. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Bale had a nice game yesterday too, but Bradley really can get into him and just break that up. Yeah, it's, but they didn't take the they didn't take the game over, and I think that's yeah, yeah, no. that's the big thing. And and Isaiah Thomas, thirty three points. Look, I don't know how he's doing it, given the fact that. He had to go home to his youngest sister's funeral. He's been he dealt with that the whole Bolt series. He's going to be dealing with that, you know, really the rest of his life. Yeah, uh, thinking about this that moment. So 
I mean, Isaiah Thomas is doing something pretty special right now. And I know me and you have had the conversation on this show about Isaiah Thomas outside of that. Going back, let's go back three months. And I've been saying this about Isaiah Thomas for a long time, and I think you have too. He's a max player. If he's not a max player in this league, who is? And if you're not going to give him the contract to field the Celtics, then I don't know what your plan is. A lot of people looking at Gordon Haywood, Utah, they beat the Clippers yesterday in Game 7. Utah's Mm going to move on, but they're not going to go past the second round. They're not going to beat Golden State. So, I mean, people are going to talk about Haywood again, but I just think that the main conversation should be give Isaiah Thomas the max contract. He's got one year left on his deal. I I don't know. I'm I'm not crazy, right? Like, are you seeing what you're seeing from Isaiah Thomas right now? It's not an emo- it wouldn't be an emotional decision if the Celtics internally looked at this kid right now and said, you know what? At some point after the season, we're gonna lock him up. Yeah. To to a max contract. You're not gonna they're not gonna be able to find someone in the offseason or as a free agent next year when his contract's up that's gonna be able to score like he does. It's just not gonna happen. They have the advantage though of having him on that one more year. So I, this is the year I think they should use this pick if they're not gonna trade it. And go after someone, maybe overpay a little bit to get in a player that can help you push. If it's a Haywood, Haywood's going to be a max contract too. But the advantage they have is with the bird rule in the NBA, because he's been under contract for four years, I think now, including going back to Sacramento mm-hmm. off that original deal, that they can go over the the cap to give him a max deal. Utah, no, the Utah can do that for Haywood, but yeah. next year the Celtics can do that for Isaiah. Sure. So. This is the year they gotta bring they gotta bring in a max contract guy, so then they can then lock up Isaiah to another max deal. Whereas next year, if they uh, it'll get mixed up. All right, what you've seen so far, how, I, we'll get back to that. It all will come back to that. But but I don't know. Perhaps you look at this Celtics team right now and you think they can do something more special than I think they can do. I love this Celtics team. I've been saying since the playoffs began that you should win a first-round series as a one seed with 53 wins. You should also win your second-round series against either Atlanta or Washington. Uh, I think they're going to beat Washington. I think this thing could go seven, but I think they're going to win. I think they take that home court advantage, and it's the biggest advantage of the series. And I think they win game seven and go to the Eastern Conference Finals. The NBA playoffs are probably the most predictable playoffs in any sport. you got Cleveland and Toronto battling. Mm. I don't know how many people are going to pick Toronto to win this series. They're going to make it interesting. Maybe Drake, that's it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you never know with him. I think right. Cleveland is It's going to be Cleveland and Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, do you I feel agree. the same way? I do. I think the Cavs take it in six. And you think the Cavaliers beat the Celtics? Yeah, but I think Celtics will take the Wizards out in six games and then go down to the Cavs. You know what you're games. hearing right now? I've I've heard whispers of it. Comparisons... To, you know, Golden State when they first started their little run. And it kind of came out of nowhere, right? With the Splash Brothers. Next thing you know, you got Draymond playing some physical defense. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, they're the unbeatable force. And everyone's picking them to win every year. Well, of course, now they got Kevin Durant. And I pick them to win the NBA championship over Cleveland. And I'm, I'm sticking with that pick. But, you know, you look at the odds. The Celtics right now have the fourth best odds to win the championship. And in fact, with yesterday's game one win, I looked at it before, it was plus 2,500. 
Now it's plus 1,800. You got the Golden State Warriors as the favorite. Cleveland has the second best odds. San Antonio has the third best odds. And you got the Celtics there with the fourth, fourth best odds. Um, it, it, but you're not going there. You're, no. not, you're not taking this game one win over the Wizards, the performances that Isaiah Thomas is putting together, and you're not saying that they can do something that special this season. They should beat the Wizards, but when it comes down to it, it's LeBron is just—he's just out of this world. They yeah. don't have anybody. They make it. They're gonna make it interesting, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were, when they get to—and I do say when—when when the Celtics get to the Eastern Conference Finals this year, yeah, in a couple weeks and a, and a month from now, there are gonna be games against Cleveland, and they're gonna win a couple games. And we're going to be sitting here. And I know for a fact I'm going to be sitting here, sitting back, thinking, you know what? Maybe they got a shot. I mean, the Celtics show up against these teams. And the biggest part of that Eastern Conference Finals, you know what it might be? Is that they're going to have home. They're going to have the first two games at the Garden. And if they can somehow push that thing to seven games, they have game seven at the TD Garden of the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, you're going to get... There'll be some people that will oh, pick yeah. the Celtics to do something special, but you're not one of them. No, the, but but I mean, if it comes down, they win game one versus the Cavs. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> As a Celtics fan, if you're a Celtics fan, we all get a little delusional sometimes. If they win game one versus Cleveland, who knows what I'll be saying? Like, I don't know, man. Yeah, that's how everybody's going to be around uh-huh. here. But it's... You know, I just knows? threw uh, two hundred bucks on them. I, look, uh, I said it yesterday on nice EI. It was nice when return. it was plus twenty five hundred. I said, "Hey, you throw a hundred bucks on the Celtics." Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, when you throw when you have Smart and Bradley running around in people's faces, and Isaiah Thomas is going to score thirty a night, and Horford's going to play the way he's playing, and there's something else that's going on in this series that me and you kind of talked about before we hit record. And that's and it's it's so strange for me to say and feel this way about Kelly Olynyk. But holy <laughs> shit, there's there's been another side of Olynyk that has somehow popped in. It's a I don't know. Thing. I don't. I honestly don't know what's going on. But I enjoy seeing him on the court right now, and I'm just I don't even know how to deal with it. Yeah, because I just you. I've watched this guy for so long and I've hated his game and it's just been so tough to watch, especially on the defensive end, where you know you saw at the end of that Bulls series he was getting in people's faces, he was playing uh, physical. He had a great first half yesterday during yeah. that stretch, in which they came back had like twelve points in twelve minutes. I think where you like, blocked a shot too. <laughs> he was. Look, there are going to be times still where Kelly Olynyk, it's going to be tough to watch. Yeah. But for the most part, the last, I'll say, three or four playoff games, I he look at him on the good. court and I'm like, you know what? They kind of need this guy. Yeah. So he's doing some special stuff. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, sometimes we can be delusional with this Celtics team. But they're going to make it interesting to the point where we are going to be sitting here against the Cleveland Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference Finals going, you know what? We got home court advantage. We're playing some great defense. Isaiah Thomas has proven himself as a playoff, you know, max contract type of guy. At what point do you got to look at Isaiah Thomas and say, he's one of the top stars in the league, and when you have that and you're a one seed and you have home court advantage playing this type of defense, at what point do you look at it and go, you know what, they got a shot? Yeah, it's it's all going to come down to the defense being played on LeBron. If you can 
even come close to a little bit contain him because they probably going to be smarter crowd around him. Bradley does a plenty good enough job on Irving to at least slow him down. Mm-hmm. And just one thing that worries me about maybe playing the Cavs, I saw a little bit yesterday, they gave up a lot of open threes. And that they got lucky on some yesterday Washington was missing. You can't do that against Cleveland. They were missing late. They weren't missing yeah. early, right? Washington no, was hitting no. early. But late, they cooled off. Oubre started hitting a couple early that was worrying me, and there was no one around them. Mm-hmm. You do that against Cleveland, it's over. They have everyone around LeBron can shoot. So you just that's one thing you really got to be careful about playing them. All right, so this brings me back to what we kind of talked about before as to what the Celtics' needs are in the offseason. We mentioned those things. You look back at the Chicago series. I know you're a big Jimmy Butler guy. I am too. Um, do you think at any point when, when they do get to the Eastern Conference Finals, is there going to be a point where we're going to look back at the trade deadline and go, you see LeBron, you see Irving, mm. Isaiah's putting up 30, if you just had one more elite scorer on this team, would they be able to not just get to the finals, but maybe win it all? I mean, do you think we're going to be to that point? Or are you kind of looking at it like, you know what? They would have had to give up Bradley and Crowder. And right now, those two defensively, that's the main reason that they're in this position right now. Like, where are you with that conversation? Even if you want to get away from Jimmy Butler and, and, and say, well, maybe someone else, anyone else, if they had made any type of addition at the deadline, would they be in better position to maybe beat the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals? I think if they picked up like a Noel or just like a def- uh, big defender who can actually move a little bit, I think that would have been a good pickup. But, I mean, I hope they can get Jimmy in the offseason. But I think it really would have stayed the same because one of the keys the Celtics have is they're, so, they're such a cohesive unit. They play so well together that maybe adding him midseason – wouldn't have been the best. Maybe it might have thrown off their rhythm a little bit because, mm-hmm. I mean, Crowder's hot and cold. But I mean, when he's gets when he gets hot and he's hitting from three, they're damn near unstoppable. Yeah, and that's really what it's going to come down to. If he can stay hot through the whole thing, then you know who knows? It becomes a whole different story because if he stays hot, the lane stays open for Isaiah, and that's what it's going to come down. Isaiah's going to need space when they get to a point if they're going to play the Cavs. Because a lot of times it's going to come down like it did against the Bulls where they had Jimmy on Isaiah. They're going to be putting LeBron Isaiah. And you're going to need – he's going to need all the space he can get in the lane if he's going to be trying to drive it against LeBron. So it really comes down to if those guys – if Bradley can he keep hitting those shots where he comes off the screens. Mm-hmm. If Crowder can keep hitting those corner and those top of the key threes. If Horford can be hitting shots. If Olenna can be hitting shots. That – changes the whole game for Isaiah. He if he gets space, I don't even know if LeBron can stop him. If if he has the space to work, he's shown he's he's damn yeah, impossible but, to cover. Yeah, because you know, people keep t- trying to tell me all year, well, when you get to the playoffs, they'll be really trying to shut Isaiah Thomas down and I I always roll my eyes at that. I'm like, well, he's had you know, he always shows up in the fourth quarter every game in the regular season. What do you think is yeah. happening in the fourth quarter? You think <laughs> yeah. teams are, like, letting them try to score? I yeah. don't understand that logic. But then, you you know, people are saying, well, they're going to put the bigger guy on him. 
I don't know. I saw in that Bulls series there were bigger guys on him, and they couldn't stop him in certain games. And and I just feel like we're to a point now watching Isaiah Thomas where if you're not acknowledging that this guy, and, and to me it's crazy that it would even take somebody this long to acknowledge it, but if you're not acknowledging that Isaiah Thomas is a max guy and a star player in this league by now, then you're just, it's really just agenda-driven, and you just, yeah. you don't like it. You just don't like him, and you don't even want to see him succeed. That That's the way I honestly feel. Yeah, it, it would have to be at this point. 29 points a game, 50-point games, he's... After yeah, what he's been through this week, the numbers he's putting up in the playoffs, or two weeks ago, I'm sorry, the numbers he's been putting up since then, it's it's shown he's just, it doesn't matter the size of him. He's just, he goes to the rack, he's fearless. That's one of the biggest keys to the game. Mm-hmm. He's got compared to Iverson before, and that's really what it's like. The way he takes the ball to the basket, he thrives on bigger defenders on him. He loves when a guy 6'10 comes out on him. He's, that's That's what he dreams of. Because he takes it to the basket so easy on them. And fin- the angles he finishes at is just, yeah, it's insane. All right, so game two. Are you, you're not, they're not putting Gerald Green in the start lineup. I game two. I wouldn't think. And, and I mean, you got to put Smart, right? I mean, the, the, here's my start lineup. Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley, Marcus Smart, Jay Crowder, Al Horford. That's it. And you go Crowder on Markeith Morris. Uh-huh. Uh, well, Morris if he plays. Yeah, well, well, well he you, got hurt. Yeah, you put Crowder on That's the That's another thing. Either way. Is it, the diehard basketball people are going to tell me, and, and not to say that I don't pay attention to the NBA or watch a lot of the NBA. In fact, you know, a lot of people think I'm, I'm a hockey guy, but I, yeah, I grew up playing hockey. I love the game of hockey. I love the Stanley Cup playoffs. But when you compare both seasons, the NBA season and the NHL, I watch a lot more NBA than I do NHL. So, I, I am pretty familiar with Morris. It's just the diehard NBA people who only watch NBA are going to try to tell me that if Morris doesn't play, it's going to be this huge loss for the Wizards. It's a loss for him, but it's not big enough to the point where that's, yeah, you know, it, that excuse making is being done, no, right? That could, that could even be an advantage because that might move Bogdanovich into the lineup, and he's killed the Celtics before when, when he was playing with the Nets. The Nets beat the Celtics last year because this guy had like 35 points. He's a tough, he's a big guy, and he's tough to cover. So it might even be an advantage for the Wizards. All right. Well, game two, we're, go- we're on the same page with the starting lineup. Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Thomas, M- Avery Bradley, Marcus Smart, Crowder, and Al Horford. You don't go with Gerald Green. It's just no. not, just no, not I, what we're doing. No. Uh, yeah, I do like that. Starting and five. you have the Celtics in six. in six games. I have the Celtics in seven. You have Cleveland beating Toronto, I assume. Yeah, and you have Cleveland six. beating the Celtics in six. Mm-hmm. All right, what about the Western Conference? Utah, they're not going to beat Golden State, right? No, I I think it's Golden State, San Antonio. It you think Houston's gonna? I think Houston could give them a run, but Kawhi is just insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, I Tony Parker has kind of yeah, he, he lit it up a couple games in that series, right? The the best game I've seen the playoffs was Memphis uh, Memphis San Antonio it was game four or five when Kawhi Leonard had sixteen straight points to end the game. It went to overtime and Gasol ended up hitting the game winner. But the way Kawhi was bat, everybody from Memphis was hitting Conley, Gasol, Ennis, and and Kawhi just single handedly was. 
just kept them in the game. They ended mm-hmm. up losing, but the game was unbelievable. Yeah. So, but you, what's your finals? Golden State, Cleveland? Yes. So predictable, isn't I, it? I, I, uh, Golden State winning it, right? I think is that so. what we got? <laughs> yeah, I, think like, I mean, who doesn't have that is what I'd like to know. Going into the playoff, did somebody not have that? Yeah. I guess if, and last year I said, you know what, LeBron, Cleveland, I was picking Cleveland the whole time. And people gave up on Cleveland. They said, no, this series is over. I said, no, it's not. As long as LeBron James is on that court, this series is not over. But I just think the addition of Kevin Durant oh, it's a, is going to be too much. It's going to be too much for, for Cleveland to, to overcome, in my opinion. So go, we both have Golden State winning yeah, the NBA I, championship. I mean, I'd love to see the Celtics in there, but I wouldn't mind watching them Golden State Cavs for the third time. Golden State's just the most fun team to watch, man. When they start pulling up from everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, hitting faders, one leg, all the shit Steph Curry and Clay and KD do. And Draymond right. Green on defense. It's So the there's, there's our little NBA... I guess predictions. I've already given you mine, but I wanted to hear what you thought. Uh, what else is going on outside of the NBA playoffs and the Celtics? What are you? Uh, what's Brandon Wahlberg up to right now? Like, what's the what? What's next on the radar? What do we got? You know, I don't have anything concrete yet to tell you. No. No. Marking You're not Danny Woodhead in the Tom Brady movie. Well, who knows? Not as of yet. But. <laughs> You know, I'm gonna try to read for it. If uh, I don't know how many lines he's gonna have, but I know he's he might not, he might be a fringe guy. You might have to work on your jukes. You're out there juking. And I want you out there bouncing around. It'll be a lot easier when they're paying defenders to miss you instead of hit you, though. Yeah, I think he's more excited for the Ricky Fowler. Oh, the, yeah, oh, you're gonna be you're gonna be Ricky Fowler and the new Sergio Garcia. <laughs> oh yeah, I master. It's called Master's Piece. The Master's Piece. I de- I'd love to, to read for it. I thought that's what you were doing. That's why you've been working on your golf game. Yeah, well, I mean, I can't, you know, I can't say for sure, yes or no. Um, be in breach of some sort of contract. Have you went, did, <laughs> did you, uh, did you, basic, could you congratulate Mark Wahlberg on the Masters win? No, I didn't. I was he, hearing that. What, he, what happened with that? Well, without him, without, without his conversation with Sergio Garcia, on Sunday at the Masters, Sergio Garcia would have never won the Green Jacket. Would have never won his first major. Well, there you have it. You should. I. I thought you would have called Mock and congratulated him, because without him, I mean, he should <laughs> probably have won. They probably should have given the Green Jacket to yeah, Mock. I know they should cut the sleeves off and give him the green vest. <laughs> That's what he would do, right? Yeah. That's what he would prefer. He should. I mean, I don't know. At least give him a sleeve. He can wear as like a sleeping <laughs> cap or something. Is that? Do you bust his balls about shit like that? How does he take the, like people who bust his balls? I don't even know about this. Th- I mean, I'm pretty you don't sure bust he his just balls? tries to not even hear it. You, I mean, I'm telling you, you guys don't bust his balls like when I, you see him. I don't see him that much. I saw you. weren't you at his uh, at the Easter dinner? Did yeah. He, did he post yeah, something? Brunch. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I the saw Last that. Supper was this? What happened? Um, no. You guys do a family, he, a family, Easter, is there a family portrait of this? Sonic? Easter brunch. I think Mark posted it. Yeah, he yeah. did. I was like, oh, it's Brandon. It's my buddy. Yeah, yeah see, it wasn't like a time to, to bust his balls there, because it's my grandma's zero, <laughs> you know. She's probably busting his balls, too. No? Uh, probably when they talk just those two, but she's worried about seeing her grand. She's happy seeing her grandkids, because yeah. they live out in L.A., so. Well, I, I, I just... 
wanted to see if you reached out to him because it was a big it was a big win for both I Sergio wish he Garcia. I gave me the talk. Maybe I could have. Maybe my golf game will improve. He maybe gave me a talk. And if he gave you a talk, maybe you would have got drafted in the big three draft. Yeah. See. Did you pay attention to that? I didn't. I I knew it was. Like I knew that league was happening, but I didn't. You know what I? Draft. Here's what I want to know. I, it's going to be televised on Fox Sports, so I guess. They'll be they'll have highlights of it on Fox Sports. Will Will Sports Center? Will they be giving highlights of the Big Three? Like, how far are they going to take this league? Like, is this going to be one big joke? Are they going to take it seriously? Is it just going to be XFL? Like, you know, it's going to be done real quick. We're not going to be talking about this in three years. Are we going to be talking about it, and making fun of it because it didn't work out? Because Ice Cube tried to start a three on three basketball league. <laughs> And it just wasn't going to happen because he's using guys that are all washed up. Are you going to watch? Like, do you have any interest in this I'd big three? A, I'd take a look a little bit. I mean, I'm not going to set my DVR or make plans every week to watch it. But, I mean, I'd check it out a little bit. I have a feeling it's going to be like uh, – it's going to end up being like the playground. Two guy, A guy on each team is going to get hot, and the other guys are just going to be standing around, walking around, just going to be like – Jason Williams and Allen Iverson going at each other all game. Mm-hmm. And everybody else just doing nothing. No defense. No. Some crazy dunks. It's just uh, when I but think who's going to be doing the dunking? There's nobody under forty. <laughs> they can still throw it down, <laughs> right? They might lower the nets. Who knows? Kwame Brown lower isn't he like isn't he well, like twenty five years old? Still? I don't think he could dunk when he was in the NBA. <laughs> can white chocolate dunk? I don't know. He definitely could. I don't know if I don't. Some guys I don't even think they would want to. No, I'm sure if he like God, I'm sure if he like put some effort. If in I gave you tickets, would you go? It's I yeah, think it opens free, at the yeah. Barclays. Yeah, I'd go for with free tickets. You go for free tickets? Yeah. What if I told you you had to pay? How much are we talking? Fifty here? bucks a ticket. Would you go to the big three? Where am I sitting? Yeah. You're uh, sitting. Am uh, I get to? Do I get I to coach know. the team? You get to see. You get to watch. Here's what I I I don't know if I'm gonna be that interested. Like how for how long am I gonna be interested in a three on three pickup game? How competitive can that actually be watching on TV? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I'm not so sure how long it's going to work for. I think there's going to be initial interest. Yeah. They're going to have to do something, though, to keep that interest going. And when I look at the the big three draft, uh, I'm not really seeing the superstar athletes jumping off the page. Maybe that's some trampoline. Like, Scalabrini is on a team. He was a captain. Brian Scalabrini. He was a captain. That's he was a captain. Crazy. You'll definitely get some interest early because, like, I was a huge Iverson fan growing up. There's going to be a bunch of, like, Iverson fans. There'll be white chocolate fans. You know, those big-name guys, they'll get some interest at first, but then I don't know. Who's how. on Scalabrini's team? Because there's it's no— all D-League like, guys. I, I try to think of this. Like, if, the, if Scalabrini brought a team up M Street Park and wanted to play a team with Allen Iverson— like, Scalabrini would get laughed at. Like, I mean, like, he's not going to have any fucking shot. He's probably not even going to play. He's probably just going right? to coach the whole time. We should try. I mean, I've actually tried to get Scalabrini in. He's the got pre- Josh. Believe it, believe it or not, the price to get Scalabrini <laughs> on a podcast is too high. I'm dead serious. I've tried. It, the price is too high, uh, which is embarrassing. Because um, he's a fucking big three captain. Like, you're going to really, you, we're char- you're charging? You're You're charging? Really? He's got the Did worst. You know that? He's got the worst team name too. What's his team name? Ball Hogs. The Ball Hogs. <laughs> he better. He better not terrible. be a Ball Hog, and they're yeah. gonna be a terrible team. There's some terrible team names. Too. Really? Give me a couple. Power. Uh, the trilogy. That's I know the, the trilogy is kind of cool. 
That's, that's is that that's Iverson's cool. team? No, Iverson's team is a uh, threes company. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, you know who should Killer play? Bees. You know who should play? Paul Pierce. He's going right to it. Paul Pierce had his last game yesterday, game seven. Very emotional. He was tweeting everybody that's helped him yeah. along the way. I gave him a little tweet. You know, I gave him a, you gave him a little tweet. <laughs> Brandon, you gave, yeah, I will. You, I retweeted you a couple. Give him things. a tweet. I retweeted his uh, his his video. His, I uh, felt like I like I don't I don't always tweet athletes, but when I do, there's there's strong meaning behind it. And oh, yeah. I just he felt was... like Paul Pierce needed a tweet. I needed a tweet, Paul Pierce. You read it over a, a bunch of times before you send it? I just felt very proud of this Edited tweet. it a few times. I just congratulated him on a Hall of Fame career. I'm going to send it. I just, he <laughs> oh, deserved a tweet. Paul Pierce is done, though. His career is over. Hall of Fame career. Maybe, like, are they going to do new, are they going to do the big three next year and add new players? And how are they going to do that? Are they going to be free agent signings? Get Antoine in there, too. Twan- huh? Right? That, that's, there you that's go. A, that's what they need the fours. You remember what he said? They asked yeah. him, why do you shoot so many threes? He said, because they don't make fours. <laughs> Maybe that's a play. They'll put a four-point shot in for Antoine. I, I thought they entertained that idea in the big three. Is that, that might, They might even be doing it. Are they doing it? They might have a four-point oh, line. Four point? Uh, no. I think we talked about this somewhere. I think we did, too. They had like a circle area. Yeah. That well, was a four-point shot. I don't know. Shot. I hope Paul Pierce does get involved in that. That would be a name that they should probably target. Uh, and that would keep mm-hmm. me... A interested past just the first week and in the in the first round of games. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they had the big three draft yesterday. And speaking of drafts this weekend, they had the NFL draft. Are you an NFL draft guy? I usually am. I didn't catch too much of it this weekend, but I already feel like the Patriots had the best draft. They will not even making picks. The guys they they got with it. They, Brandon Cooks, Dwayne Allen for what a fourth round pick. Well, for a first. now you're using and you're using logic that I didn't think the Patriots were going to use. If you follow the Patriots on Twitter, they sent out a graphic that I was absolutely shocked. They they showed this to the public mm-hmm. because you know there was some people knocking them saying, hey, they don't have a first round pick. Patriots don't have a second round pick. They only made four picks in this draft, technically, which is the smallest draft class in franchise history. They took two defensive ends. They took two offensive linemen, and they made a couple trades along the way. They actually acquired, on the final day, they acquired a tight end, what, James O'Shaughnessy from Kansas City. But the way the Patriots portrayed it on Twitter in this graphic is they put a recap of their own draft, round one, round two, you know, through seven. And next to round one, it said Brandon Cooks. Next to round two, it said Coney Ealy. They traded a first-round pick for Brandon Cooks, so they're considering him their first-round pick, which, you know, is is something that we all thought of. But I didn't really think the Patriots would come out and acknowledge it. Coney Ealy, they made that trade. They get him. They even added Dwayne Dwayne Allen to that list. Yeah, but next to nothing. So the Patriots, they had an interesting weekend because I think it's outside of the actual picks. They kept Malcolm Butler. Yeah. They did not trade Jimmy Garoppolo. So, look, I knocked Adam Schefter on this show because I thought he was full of shit. And it turns out he was right. So, you know what? I have to acknowledge when I was wrong and Adam Schefter was right. Uh, even though I think Adam Schefter's covering the NBA now. Um, no, you see him, he's doing some sideline stuff. Uh, no, no. Yeah, he's probably like, eh, they're, they're cutting some people here. I'm yeah. going to have to <laughs> pick up the slack. Yeah, pick, uh, let's do some other stuff. Um, yeah. But Schefter was right there pounding his chest saying they're not trading Garoppolo. They're not trading Garoppolo. Schefter was right. They didn't trade Garoppolo. Now, I don't really understand it still. 
Like, what are they going to do next year? So I assume the logical thing would be if Brady continues to play at the level he played at last year, and I don't see how or why that would fall off, then they're going to franchise Garoppolo and trade him before next year's draft. That's that's kind of how I see it playing out. Is that how you look at this thing with the whole Garoppolo situation? Most likely. I can't see them ever choosing Garoppolo over Brady if Brady's still at that level. But, I mean, who knows, man? Bill's done some stuff that none of us expected, so who knows? But I that's how I think it is. I feel the same way as you. They're gonna trade him next year if Brady's still up to par. And I don't see why it wouldn't be. All right, so nineteen and oh. The draft. Did you watch the whole draft? I didn't watch any. I usually watch a good amount, but I didn't see any of this. I night. watched Thursday night a little bit because I wanted to see what happened. Trubisky, number two overall. Um look, Cleveland took Miles Garrett. I think we knew that was gonna happen. Yeah. Then the Bears trade up. And swap picks there with, and 49ers get a couple other picks out of it, and they take Trubisky. I didn't see that happening. I was shocked by that pick. Um, you know, I, I, I watched the first round, and I thought to myself, I- I'm interested because you heard Garoppolo rumors, but outside of that, I don't get into the NFL draft. Yeah. But I saw how many people w- showed up in Philly. Did you see that? Like, I, I heard am, it on the radio. I, it was, was 70,000. What the fuck? Like, what are they doing here? Like, they're standing there watching picks being made of guys. Now, they, this is on Friday and Saturday. Guys that they don't even, they have no idea who these yeah. people are, but they're <laughs> just standing there. They can't, it went so far back, they couldn't even see the stage, probably. If they had this thing in Boston and New England, would you go? I, I'd go. I'd go for one day. Because I, it's, I guess it's like a big party, too. You just go and drink. That's got to be yeah. all it is, yeah. right? That's, I'm pretty sure that's like 60 of the 70,000. They're just getting so, shit-faced. Yeah. They want a chance to boog Adele. Yeah, that's it, a good it'd point. It'd probably be 170,000 if they had it here. But Adele doesn't come out in the last couple of days, right? He just comes out for the first round, I thought. Yeah, or maybe a little I, bit of the second. Yeah, I think he's just the first. And then they have like... They have other people come out. Yeah, assistant commissioner or... A, Representatives yeah, from the team. And and some of these people that come out are not, you know, great spellers. Yeah. You know, they don't know how to spell <laughs> properly, which is basically the most entertaining moment I thought of the entire draft was this guy coming out to announce the pick for the New York Jets. And you know the chant, J E T S Jets, Jets, Jets. Well, here's how this guy, I believe he used to play for the Jets, here's how he spelled it. J-E-T-E Jets. Now, I'm not trying to tell you I'm the smartest guy in the room. In fact, I'll guarantee you I'm not even close to that. But I don't think I would ever spell Jets, J-E-T-E. Jets, Jets, Jets. Well, I mean, I don't know if he's ever had to speak in front of 70,000 before. Oh, come on. Speaking is probably not as strong. J-E-T-S. This is not, I mean, this is not difficult. But that was entertaining. I I laughed a lot. And I laugh every time I actually see the video and hear the audio. But, um, yeah, that's a little NFL draft recap. I was not really into it. Uh, we had a lot of other stuff going on. You had the playoffs, NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs. The Cubs are in town. And thank fucking God the Chicago Cubs are gone. They're, thank God they're gone. Did you get this vibe that everybody wanted us here in Boston 
to root to almost root for the Cubs. Like I felt Last there were year, yeah. there were people that wanted me to root for the Cubs. Yeah. This series I, over the Red Sox. All right, I get it. Theo Epstein's back. John Lackey's back. Um, Koji's back. Lester's back. I get it. I like all those guys, but I don't need to like the Cubs now. There were no. people trying to force me to root for the Chicago Cubs at Fenway this weekend. It yeah. was a circus. I'm all set with that. And I, I now hate the Cubs. I didn't hate them before, but I now hate them. I didn't until this World Series because everybody was like, yeah, come on, Cubs. Like, why do you give a shit? Like, they're not your team. You mm-hmm. just want to see this thing over? I, it personally made me want them to lose. Yeah, then I, 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 I mean, obviously rooting against the Cubs now because they're playing the Red Sox, but I got this sense that at Fenway, they were like, it was like, oh, the Cubs are here. Let's just all enjoy baseball. Shut the fuck up. I hate the Cubs now. I hated this whole atmosphere. And then it ends on Sunday Night Baseball last night. They're, what is going on with Sunday Night Baseball? Do you, did you watch the broadcast? No. Pete, you know, we've had this conversation before, though. With the Sunday Night Baseball broadcast. Here's their problem. They don't want to do the play-by-play of a baseball game. They want to make it a sports talk show during a baseball game. If I want a sports talk show, I'm going to turn on WEEI, right? I'm going to turn on the Sports Hub. I'm going to turn on, and who knows, I mean, other another radio station. It doesn't matter. If I want a sports yeah. talk show or a podcast, that's what's going to happen. I'm not going to go. I don't want to go to base ESPN Sunday Night Baseball and listen to a sports talk show. I want to watch a baseball game. So I think they got this, this confusion there as to what, what, what the are, people yeah. actually want and what they're giving us. They, they spent an inning talking about Addison Russell for the Cubs being interested in fucking Pokemon. <laughs> like nobody gives a shit about Pokemon. Never mind during the Cubs Red Sox game. So the <laughs> Sunday Night Baseball broadcast is just, it's an embarrassment. Um, and look, ESPN, I mean, who knows what's going on at ESPN with all these cuts. That clean out? Hey, maybe we'll get offered a job. No, right? probably not. <laughs> you know what? I, I had Field Yates, ESPN, in here last week, and it was the day before. We recorded the day before they came up with all these cuts. And, you know, I had, I had heard that they were going to make, they were getting ready to make serious cuts. I did not know it was happening the next day. And so we didn't even talk about it. We talked about Deflategate and how what it was like for him as an ESPN insider, also being a Massachusetts native, having to deal with both, you know, the over the top criticism that ESPN was given to Deflategate and the Patriots, and us here back at home crushing ESPN yeah. for that over the top criticism. Um, we talked about that. I didn't get into the you know the layoffs and the cut stuff because, and not even off the record. I, I just it, it it didn't come up. And so when I let that podcast out last week, around the time where they were making all these cuts, I'm like, uh oh, like I don't know what's happening. Like I, you know, I didn't know how how to really tweet that out. Like was he I survived though? Didn't I know I kept refreshing his Twitter account to make sure he was still there <laughs> while I tweeted because you want to tweet like ESPN NFL Insider joined the show. You don't want to do that after you know if he loses his job. Yeah. But um, look, I mean, a lot of uh, there are a lot of talented people that lost their jobs and, and even people that aren't on TV every day um, that it's unfortunate, but you know what? I mean, the business right now, I think it's, it's in a weird place. And so ESPN, they're making all these cuts, but yet they're giving us this Sunday night baseball program, which is just like, I want a baseball game. 
I don't want a fucking sports talk show. Especially, I don't want you talking about Pokemon. I don't care. <laughs> it's just driving me crazy. And then you got the Cubs, and I'm just like, get this team out of town. The Cubs fans are the worst. Uh, I mean, I just, it's... They like, they, so I went to the game on Friday. All they want to do is talk to you about fucking... I just want How great your team is. Yeah, and, you know what I want? Oh, my God. You know what I want? <laughs> Look, hey, 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 here's, have you been, you've been to Chicago? Oh, yeah. You've been to Wrigley? Yeah. No, I haven't. Oh, you have to go to Wrigley. Yeah. Wrigley's great. And Chicago's great because... You know what you're getting in Chicago. You're getting a friendly atmosphere. You know what you step into a bar in Chicago, and people are friendly, right? What do we know here in Boston? It's, hus- it's a hostile environment. Fucking miserable. Yeah, we're miserable. We're dickheads. Um, and so you don't show up at Fenway and really want to be friendly with the fans that you got a team. That's no. just not what we know. And I'm not trying to sit here and and make it sound like we're these big tough guys. I'm. That's just. That's just kind of. What we're used to is, is we're be, being pricks, especially to the other team. And yeah. I'm not ch- telling people to, to go to Fenway and start fights. <laughs> but what, what I am trying to say is, like, the 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 Shouldn't friendliness and, and the love fest that was the Cubs coming to Fenway was just making me sick to my stomach, where I'm just so glad they're out of time. I felt like it was a scrimmage game and two teams that, like, knew each other. Yeah, playing, I, it was almost, <laughs> yeah, terrible. it was like... It was like the Cubs were playing in a whole nother league, and they came to Fenway, yeah. and it was like, we're playing three games against the Cubs. <laughs> Our buddies. Fuck the Cubs. I'm so glad they're gone. And, you know, this. look, I love what John Lester did for the Red Sox, but also we are, people are living in a fucking dream world if they think John Lester didn't play that perfectly. he, If you can recall, and I crushed him for it. I crushed him because... He he came out at the beginning of that final season with the Red Sox saying he was going to take a hometown discount. When the Red Sox made him an offer, people were like, oh, it's a slap in the face. It's like, well, no, it's a hometown discount. That's exactly what John Lester said he was going to take. And it's also a negotiation. Yeah. And then when it comes time, he got an offer. Already didn't like it, but you know what? This is a hometown discount you said you were going to take. Come back with a with a renegotiation, you know what I mean? With a plan. Yeah. Come back with an, with something else. What do you want? John Lester's like, we're not negotiating during the season. <laughs> well, I mean, at that point, you kind of know what he's doing. At least I did. He already talked to Theo. There was tampering involved. <laughs> Theo told him, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you this. Here's what I'm giving you. We're going to give you private flights. We're going to give you all this shit. You're going to come to the Cubs and help me break this curse. And, and you know what Lester said? I mean, go, you know, guess what? Good for him for going out and getting the big contract yeah. and, and the storyline to go with it. It's a great storyline. But you can't convince me that he only went to the Cubs because the Red Sox lowballed him. My opinion of it is this. He knew he was going to the Cubs all along, and him and Theo just played the public relations. They just played the PR game perfectly. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if Theo gave him the plan to come out with the hometown discount thing during spring training of that <laughs> season. I'd be like, hey. Now you'll get everyone on your side. Red Sox aren't going to give you what we give you. So when they lowball you with an offer, guess what? Guess what happens? The, the fans will they'll like you for saying taking the hometown yeah. discount, but they, they also will look at the Red Sox and say they lowball it. They just played it perfectly. So I don't feel any sympathy for John Lester, but you still get those people when they see him. They're like, oh, look, I thank John Lester for what he did. He was a great pitcher for the Red Sox. Won two championships with the Red Sox. But he's a Cub now, and I don't need to really root for him anymore. But I just got this sense this weekend that a lot of people wanted me to sort of root for the Cubs. I just, it, it makes yeah. right. I just had this feel. But uh, 
Another thing I just got to get off my chest, because now we get the, the Orioles in town this week. Could there be drama? I mean, this goes back to last weekend, not this weekend, the weekend before, yeah. where Pedroia, Machado, Matt Bonds. Did you see that situation? I did. What did I you did. think? What did you think of Pedroia throwing Matt Bonds under the bus? Oh, the conversation that he had with Machado. I think that's something you pull Machado aside and say to him. I don't think it's something you After do. After the probably. fact, yeah. behind the scenes. I, go, I pull him aside and go, look, I'm sorry about that. I didn't want it done. Whatever. But I don't think you should ever. It's a bad look, right? Yeah, to a teammate, I don't think you should ever no. do that. And um, I don't know if we're going to see drama this week. But if we do, I'll react to it later in the week. I will say this. This past week, and going back to even last night on Sunday Night Baseball, I have never seen a player praised as much as Pedroia has been praised for being a terrible teammate in that moment. <laughs> I'm, and, and you know what? Maybe, I, maybe I'm not saying in general. I'm saying in that moment. I have never seen a guy get praised. Could you imagine if anybody else did this? Can you imagine? I don't know if you heard my podcast last Monday. I ripped Pedroia to shreds. Because I, heard a little bit. <laughs> I think he's just a dickhead. And I have some personal stories to go along with it of some things that he said to me when I covered the Red Sox in the club and I was in their clubhouse. So, again, fuck that guy. I just saw that moment <laughs> against Baltimore and I thought to myself, you can't do this. And on Sunday Night Baseball last night, they're like, well, you know what? Pedro-? I've never seen a guy get, get praised and just get a free pass for being such a bad teammate in that moment, and you will never be able to convince me that 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 he wasn't being a bad teammate there. He was. He was being a terrible teammate. And if you think that just because they say everything is great in that clubhouse and that these guys don't forget about that, then I don't think you're living in the real world. The real world is that there are still some guys that are probably a little upset with that, that that's how that thing went down. But we'll see if there's drama uh, against the Orioles this week. Orioles in town. So... You know, that's what we got in the baseball world. Though one more baseball thing real quick before we wrap this up. A couple baseball things. There's some, some audio I want to play. The New York Mets, they got crushed by the Nationals yesterday on Sunday. <laughs> and there was some kid on Twitter that went on an absolute rant that is just pure gold. I don't even know how old he is. What do we think of this kid? Is like 10 years old? kid. He's probably like 9 or 10. Yeah, 9 or 10? He's a kid. And he's not even from New York. He doesn't. He sounds like he's from down south. He's from like Alabama. Here's the audio of this kid. Does a little one-minute YouTube or just puts a video on Twitter. And he is ripping Syndergaard and the manager, Terry Collins. He's, he's ripping them to shreds. He is crushing the Mets. Here it is. We won two out of three. Big deal. This team is an absolute fucking joke. 23 to 8. <laughs> Syndergaard, get out of here, you little Barbie doll. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> go get your, go get a little robotic arm. Cause you can't even stay two innings for this team without getting hurt. You fucking idiots. <laughs> it's all Ray Ramirez's fault. That fucking mole face. <laughs> get him out of here. You got Kevin Ploiecki getting absolutely rocked. I mean, you know it's bad when you can put the fucking the bench, the backup catcher in there. Like, damn, get the hell out of here and go to the minor leagues, boy. <laughs> Terry, it's over for you, you little shithead. You little orange, you fuck, small as shit. <laughs> you just need to fucking get out of here. Because I'm not I'm not liking what I'm seeing from this team. 23 to 8, Terry. Nah. Better wake this team up. I gotta ask, is this it's this kid's Get back be, to my league, boy! He's gotta be related to like Pac-Man Jones or something. Jared pulled on the fucking field, ref did a terrible fucking job. 
That a bot's gone. No, Syndergaard, you fucking Bobby doll. Get back to the minor leagues, boy. Insane. <laughs> Unbelievable. And then you got this call. Manny Ramirez. Where is he playing? Japan? <laughs> In Japan, yeah. And he's hitting home runs? Taiwanese. Um, Here is the call of the, the play-by-play call of Manny Ramirez's home run. It's good. Well, you guys have really done it. Now, he obviously did that because he knew the people back, especially in Boston and just in the in America here. We were going to pick that up. Yeah. I mean, you know, for him to all of a sudden switch to English in that moment English. tells you that that's what that's what he wanted. He He's wanted a showman. Oh, this guy's He's great. a showman. You can't can't be upset with him. Yeah, he is. And um, I guess I'll close it out with this. This thought. Speaking of showman, uh, P.K. Subban could be considered Setch because on the ice before the games and even when he scores, he celebrates. I love a good celebration. Yeah. I love a good showman in the National Hockey League. There are some other guys who have some nice celebrations. You know, David Pasternak for the Bruins scores some goals, gives some good sellies. Sometimes a subtle selly, you can be considered a showman. I think you can give a subtle, solid selly on purpose. Do you get what I I'm agree. saying? I agree. You can be a showman in the National Hockey League. It is not a bad thing. And P.K. Subban is one of them. Before the games, he likes to dance to the music on the ice in the pregame warm-up. It's yeah. nothing crazy. He likes it. I mean, he can see it. It's, he's having it, fun. <laughs> he's getting loose. You know, we've seen some other people do this stuff. The New York Rangers do a thing behind the goal line where they, they throw the stick aside and they line up in, in a football stance, you know, and they have the center and he, and he huts it to the quarterback and he skates back and he throws the puck to the other side of the ice. You know, this is stuff of showmen, all right? That's what, that's what they're yeah. doing. <laughs> and Mike Milbury, he doesn't call out everybody, but he called out P.K. Subban on NBC the other day because they were showing during the pregame P.K. Subban getting ready for warm-ups, and Mike Milbury called him a clown. Called him a clown. And, in fact, I'll give you the exact quote right here. Milbury says, he's got a tremendous personality, and sometimes you got to keep it under control. I know it's a new day and age, and everybody wants to be on Instagram or Twitter, but you've got to keep focus. This is a tough game. When I see this, I start to think maybe Predators coach Peter Laviolette ought to give him a rap on the head and say, hey, PK, focus in. (laughs) We've got a game tonight, and you don't have to be a clown out there. And he will. He's been a clown in the past, and we've seen him act like a clown. But when he's serious and focused, he's one hell of a player. And a quote. That's Mike Milbury during the pregame calling P.K. Subban a clown. And if you saw the video that he's watching, you'd think to yourself, wow, Milbury is really overreacting here. Literally, Subban is like, got a puck on his stick, keeping it up and down, and he's just kind of bouncing along with some music. Before the game. Before the game. Yeah, getting loose. Like, yeah, what getting the loose. fuck is yeah. wrong with Now, him? Mike Milbury is, a is calling <laughs> P.K. Subban a clown. I want What I want people to do, and these might be people who might pick up this story, and they're, they're like, you know, who's this old guy talking about mm-hmm. P.K. Subban like this? I want you to Google 
Mike Milbury, one of the first things that comes up is going to be a video of him with the Bruins, okay? Is this is a guy who's calling someone stands? else a clown. Mike Milbury, in a game, climbed into the stands, took a guy's shoe off in like the 10th row, by the way, and beat him with his own shoe. A fan. It's a great video. During a game. It's hilarious. But you want to talk about clowns? How about, could you imagine... Could you imagine? Yeah, what, that's not composed. What, <laughs> that's that's could, not keeping you composed. Could you imagine what they'd be saying if somebody in the NHL right now climbed up, climbed up over the glass to the 10th row in his skates, in his equipment, during the game, and even climbed over the glass, never mind, walked up to the 10th row, took a guy's shoe off, and started hitting him with the shoe. <laughs> he'd be arrested and crucified. I mean, he'd be kicked out of the league. Okay. And we'd be calling calling a player who did that much worse than a clown, but yet Milbury does it, and here he is. I'm done. Milbury. I don't even know why he's on there anymore. He doesn't even he doesn't even have good analysis. Like, I, I just don't get it. He probably told and he the contra- guy's gonna beat the shit out of him. He just if they fire him. He just contradicts everything that he ever did as a player. So I think from for him to call someone else a clown is. It's just stupid, and I think NBC Sports should really look into this because Milbury himself, if you go back to his past, is one of the biggest clowns you'll ever see in the NHL, right? Anybody who goes up to... Now, again, I great personally video. love it, but... I don't know. Great video. <laughs> but could you imagine... Well, but could you imagine if somebody... He's... What? He's he's dancing during the pregame warm-up? Yeah. Milbury. Just enough. I just. I mean, I've had enough of the guy. I, I mean, that whole crew. Milbury got Jeremy Roenick. Roenick, who screwed me over on this show a couple times, <laughs> wouldn't come on. You know, who knows what he wants? You know, if Scalabrini's asking for, <laughs> for money, who knows what Roenick wants at this point? But, I mean, just I'm, that, that whole show is just terrible. So, I don't know what they do with it. But if if we're talking clowns that are affiliated with the National Hockey League, Mike Milbury's probably the biggest clown. So, uh I don't think he should re- really be calling anyone else. He's old and out of touch. Yeah, he's he, uh, and I'm done with that pregame show too. By the way, um, all right, Brandon. I know you got to go. You got to get get out, do some things. So thanks for joining me today. No uh, problem. We will check back in with you as the Celtics. I think we both think they'll get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Absolutely. I'll be here later in the week working on a couple things, couple big guests. I'll let you know how that goes. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Danny Picard. Like my Facebook page. Facebook.com slash the Danny Picard Show. Get this show whenever you want at dannypicard.com. Also on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, even on the Podcast One Network. I'm out. Talk to you soon.